0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back at it, another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. I get my number one ace starting pitcher back. Finally, the long-awaited return, the local legend himself. I trust the vacation <laughs> time was good on the on the mind and body. You're relaxed and you're ready to go. I mean, good to see you, man. What's going on, Reggie?
1: Man, it was it was weird. You know, I, I was Hearing that theme music just in my in my head, and I was just like, <laughs> man, I miss it, I miss it. So it's it's good to be back. Uh, good time away, uh, celebrating the wife and her milestone birthday. And so now we're back at it. We talking sports.
0: Yeah, back to the grind. I mean, man, oh man, we got another loaded show today. We got to get Reggie all caught up. What's been going on in Minnesota wild territory? Minnesota twins have been red hot. Later I'm going to put Reggie on the hot seat once again with what does it mean? All coming up on Superior Sports Talk, but first make sure to check out our other daily show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's the Ron Johnson Show featuring former Gophers and NFL receiver Ron Johnson and producer Sam Ekstrom. Get the daily opinions of an athlete-turned-broadcaster. Ron johnson tells it like it is whether it's vikings gophers wolves or twins subscribe to the lockdown sports minnesota youtube channel or podcast feeds so you never miss an episode all right well reggie i don't know how much you were able to soak in while you were away as far as minnesota sports but the minnesota wild they've been in a back and forth burner with the st louis blues we had Seth topal on to break down the back and forth action yesterday if you missed it make sure to check that out up on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel right after this. But here's your 30-second recap. Wild lose game one for Rip after the decision to start Mark andre Fleury in net. Much to the chagrin of many, they roll with them again. In games two and three, well, the Wild yep. score the Blues 11-3. to They go up 2-1. Sunday night, Blues come out with a vengeance. Catch the Wild. A little flat-footed, it felt like. They carve them up 5-2. Series all tied back up at twos. Now a best-of-three game series. Wild get that home ice advantage. Mm-hmm. Reggie, outside of the goalie decisions, one of the biggest storylines has been the disappearance of Kevin Fiala. I mean, he ended the final three, four weeks of the season on absolute fire. But here we are, four games in, he scored zero goals, just one assist, and has had a handful of, I mean, what many would call just kind of flat-out bad penalties, really. Sunday night, he was yeah. called for a four-minute high-sticking penalty. I'll just kind of give you the floor now for your analysis of what you've seen, what you've heard, maybe starting with Kevin Fiala's kind of disappointing start to the playoffs so
1: far. Well, it's funny. uh when I was away, it, it's like you never really truly unplug. Oh, right, know? like right. because you know my I'm getting you know uh, pings on my watch. I'm getting you know pings on the phone about different score updates and all that. And I'm like, oh, and the wife like, what happened? I'm like, oh, the the twins scored. <laughs> or, oh, oh, the the Wilder up, uh, you know, on the Blues right now. They're they're You're really tapped giving in, it to man. them. You can't clock out. And it's just funny because you know we get back into the room and the the tv is on tnt and of course the Wilder plan playing and the wife was like oh see look now you can, you can watch and i'm like man i am on vacation and i'm sitting here watching the wild and i'm like into it and so i was able to check out a little bit of game three uh saw a little bit of game four as well and it's just so interesting, man. Like Kevin Fiala ended the season, you know, I mentioned it last night uh, on my cast, the care 11, the dude was probably one of, if not the most hottest player in all of the NHL to end the regular season. Like the dude was just like scorching hot. And I know he had a little bit of a disappointing series last year. Uh, in the playoffs, as they kind of got their their first round exit as well, but it's just so interesting for some reason. Like when the postseason started, like all of a sudden he just went cold, he went flat, and you know when you see games two and three, you're like, oh okay, like they'll they got enough talent and you know enough excellence on this roster to just overcome him. And, you know, they, you know, especially game three, is just like, ooh, the Wilds are, are cooking. Okay. And then, you know, four comes out and you're just like... Yeah, they probably need Fiala because it's like when you don't have other pieces working, you know, when you're when you're not able to get three and four goals from Kirill Kaprizov on a nightly basis, that's just that's that's just very unrealistic to think that he'll have that type of production night in and night out. Even though he's just amazing, he's a, a awesome player. You need Fiala to to come on, like come on, dude, like. And it's it's interesting because you know when they talk to him after. Uh, His performance the other night on Sunday, like he finally scored a a point, got an assist. And it's like, wow, that's the first, you know, real meaningful action that he's gotten. I think it's been with like 14 shots Mm -hmm. on goal and nothing, nothing doing except for that one assist now Mm -hmm. uh, in the game on on Sunday. And so I think he was upset. They asked him, like, "Are are you frustrated with your performance? He's just like, yeah. 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 The
0: one word. Yes. I After am. a deep sigh. Yeah. yeah. And, and,
1: yes. but I think what is hopeful for him is that, you know, him kind of getting into that, that, that groove there in the third period and getting that assist, maybe that sparked something for him to maybe come out, play with a little bit more aggression and, and maybe he can, you know, do his thing and, And be the Kevin Fiala that we all have come to to know, especially that last month of the regular season. It's funny because Bill Guerin, in his last press conference, he was asked about Fiala, who you know the Wild are going to have a decision to make soon about him, and he's just like, "You're only as good as your last game." Mm. And then he starts laughing, and it's just like, "Uh, Bill, Bill, what what are you saying, my guy? Like, are you are you being serious about this? Because that." that's That seems a little ominous there, right, um, and so it's like Kevin's not doing himself any favors right now
0: yeah i I'm glad you mentioned it earlier. I had it written down in my notes, worth noting Fiala too is not the first time we've seen a little Jekyll and Hyde again. Remember you mentioned it last year in the playoffs. well, first heading in, he was ready. he was a key piece to getting mm-hmm. into the playoffs for the Wild, but in the first round versus the Golden Knights, uh, just nowhere to be found again. I mean, you rarely heard his name called. So hoping he can kind of break out of that playoff funk starting Mm -hmm. tonight. Reggie, while you were gone, the hot topic for me, whenever we talked wild, I always started with that goaltender situation. And the decision not to roll with the hot hand, 13-0-3 heading in, it was disappointing. I mean, that's just how I felt. I was just disappointed to see Fleury in the net, Game one, and then they get rocked 4-0, and you say, oh, no, here we go. Now what do you do? But the decision to stick with him in game two really sent a loud and clear message that said, look – this is why we went out and got this guy for mm-hmm. the playoffs, despite the age. The guy's one of the best goalies maybe of all time. He's got the experience, the pedigree on his resume. Yep. He's got it, the Stanley Cup victory. Win or lose, this is our guy, and we're not looking back. No regrets, no second thoughts about it from the coaching staff or front office. What was your thoughts and first reactions to the decision to sit Talbot? And if they lose this series, I mean, is it, is it the big elephant in the room we just look back and, and play the blame game, or is that too easy?
1: I think that's too easy. That's a little uh, low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. you know. You got to give the legend the benefit of the doubt, and that's exactly what uh, Coach Everson is doing. I mean, he had had the bad performance in Game One, and he's just like, "Look, I can't go away from this dude f- for one bad performance because it wasn't just all on him." You know, watching that game uh, last Monday, I'm like, "Man, eh, I-, I just I can't I can't put that all on him like." There were some goals that he was a little out of place on, but, like, I, I can't put that all on him um, for the the 4 nothing loss. And what's interesting is, is he came out in the next two games and was the flower that, you know, we all know and, and have come to, to just expect in these playoff performances. But here's my thing, and, you know, I guess you don't sit – a guy who is hot in games two and three, he was hot. And so it's just like, how do you go away from that guy? But here's my thing. At what point do you utilize Cam Talbot? Right. Like where,
0: where are we at I, here? Yeah. How I mean, do you,
1: game plan? How, I mean, right. the dude has like, you know, if, if you talked about Kevin Fiala, maybe being one, a, as far as the hottest player on the team, Talbot probably one B mm-hmm. or maybe he's one A and Fiala's one B. You know what I mean? Like, Tabo was playing some of the best goaltending of his career, even like, especially after flower came, like, I think he was something like 13, two or something like that after the the wild traded for a uh, flurry. And it's just like, wow, like a guy with this type of production, a guy that is playing this well in net, like, how do you go away from this guy? and i understand like you know a few games and you know all that and you know that's why you traded for a guy like flurry and i get that but it's like do you you know this really decisive game i think whoever wins game 5 in these best of 7 series uh in hockey i think they they go on to win 79% of the time after after that they go on to win the series and it's just like with games as pivotal as the ones that you have coming up, like at what point do you utilize Cam Tablet or do you just leave them? You know what I mean? And then it's just like, well, then when you actually do need to use them or you decide to use them, it's going to be tough to to just have the dude come in like cold turkey like that. Just, right. just here you go, just throw him in there and, and expect to, you know, I mean, he's a professional, so you do expect him to, you know go out there and handle himself well and and do what it is that you put him in net to do but when you bring a guy in cold and you don't know exactly like what you're gonna get from him because you're just like well we'll just put him out there and just hope for the best you know because you really didn't get him into any type of a playing rhythm you just after the season you've you've had him sit for like two weeks I really don't know what happens. And and so now it's a situation where you have to ride with Marc-Andre Fleury because he's who you've been riding with so far and he's who you're going to have to stick with because you can't really mess up, you know, the, the, I would say, the chemistry. You you can't Mm -hmm. really mess up the vibe, if you will, by changing goaltenders because, like, if you were going to do it, maybe you would have done it last game or the game before that. Now it just seems like a really odd time to do it, so I think you got to stick with Flower.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. A, a ton of great points there. I think you got to just make your decision and commit to it. You can't waffle back and forth and sit there and second guess yourself. And you're right; the longer that time goes on, the harder it is to get a, to 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 put in Talbot in mm-hmm. the net. I mean, you're not really setting himself up for success, so to speak. Important right. to remember too: as hot as Talbot was. His career playoff record is only fifteen and fifteen. So the Wild mm-hmm. looked at that and saw a guy with the experience and pedigree of Flurry was even available and jumped mm-hmm. all over it. And as much as I've critiqued that decision it, to roll with him every game thus far, I do certainly think it was the right move to be aggressive, go acquire him for this time of year, uh, no doubt. Last, well, one on the had, other side, on yeah, the other
1: ahead. side too, the Blues, you know, went with Bennington. That's right um, yeah. over Husso, and it's just yeah. like that really paid off. I mean, that was a yeah. gutsy, yes. gutsy, gutsy decision from them after losing in in Game 3 and, and kind of being, like, on their heels a little bit to make a decision like that, to change goaltenders. I, I will say, you know, Bennington does have a championship pedigree. Mm-hmm. That's who they rode to to win the Stanley Cup. So, like, he's done it. But, like, you go away from the guy that that you have been riding with in a a, a game that is just, like – it could be make or break for you all's like season on the line. Like that was a gutsy move and it paid off for them. So maybe that's something that, that shows the wild, like, Hey, it can be done, but it's just another one. That's just like, Ooh, like you you just kind of clenching your pearls a little bit. Like, Oh, I don't know about this because it's, it's just a tough thing to make a decision. Like, in the middle of it, like when you're in the fire and you need to win these games.
0: Yeah, when you've got two teams so closely matched up, I mean, top to bottom, you know the long history and pedigree, the rivalry that goes back between these teams. It seems the coaching decisions ultimately play such a huge factor in the ultimate outcome of these games. One decision, though, by these coaches could ultimately end your season or keep you alive for another round. Going to be really interesting. Uh, Last one, talking NHL playoffs, just looking around the rest of the league and landscape, how these other series are shaping out after last night's games. Capitals and Panthers all tied up at two games apiece. Penguins crushed the Rangers last night, seven to two. They go up three games to one. Flames and Stars tied back up at two all. And the Colorado Avalanche sweep the Predators. They'll get a nice little vacation and break here as they wait for the winner <laughs> of the Wild and Blues. Man, talk about a tough road to the Cup if you're the Wild. Hot. That's how you're rewarded with this two seed, huh? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? What's going on with that?
1: You know, I think what's interesting is is like, what did uh, what did Ric Flair say to be the man? You got to oh, beat the man. That's
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's look,
1: right. the the, the Avalanche roll. have been the top team in on on that side, and so it's just like you got to beat them if you want i mean you 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 conquer demons if you beat the blues because you know you know the history there and just the the recent history of this season not beating them in the regular season and it's just like all right you got to go through the blues okay and then you you get through the blues and now you get the the avalanche which you know they have beaten them this season but you know it's a different beast in the in the playoffs and i mean Nashville was no slouch mm. And they went ahead and just, just swept them and just, you know, we're gonna we're gonna chill in the hot tub for a little bit and wait on you guys to beat each other up until uh we play each other. So you guys, you know, do what you do. Go seven if you want. We'll be here chilling. <laughs> you know, we're we're have good. Fun. Yeah. We're good. Have have a great time. Yeah. you know. Just 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 do your thing. we we're, we're over here though. We'll okay. we'll see you in a bit. And so I, I think that part is interesting and hopefully maybe, you know. Whoever wins this series between the Wild and the Blues, you know, maybe you catch Colorado slipping a little bit because they've had all this time to just rest and and chill and wait for the next opponent. And maybe you can kind of jump on them a little bit. That maybe is the hope. But. It, it, it's just so interesting. You know, you, you see domination from them, from the Penguins, but then, you know, games and series that you thought, like, oh, maybe maybe these might be over. Like, now they're tied at two games apiece, and you're just like, wow, like, anybody can win these series. And especially, like, the the Toronto-Tampa series, I think game one, uh, Toronto came out and beat the Lightning five to nothing, and you're just mm-hmm. like, whoa, mm-hmm. what's happening? Like, you got the defending champs that you're – you're just whooping up on like this, and then now the series is tied at two games apiece, and I think that that is kind of like a theme because just when it seems like maybe a team is going to run away, and you can see it in this Wild Blue series as well, when it seems like maybe a team is going to run away, it just comes right back down to the mean right there, and you're and you're even, and so I think it makes for exciting uh, series across the board, and I'm excited to see how things play out.
0: It reminds me, let's say the Wild do advance and match up with the Avalanche. It reminds me a little bit of the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies because I kind of like going in as the underdog. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, Avalanche are going to have all the pressure on them. So you come in, nothing to lose, playing with house money, probably shouldn't mm-hmm. be there anyway. So to be the best, you got to beat the best anyways. Can't control who you're playing when you play them. So uh, control what you can control and just go in there and give your best. Puck drops tonight, another late start, 8.30 p.m. Central man, Standard. Man, killing us. Oh, man, rest assured, XL Energy Center, though. That's going to be electric, man. Reggie and I, will be back here tomorrow, break down all that action. Coming up, we're talking Twins baseball after they get a much-needed day off yesterday. And later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. But first... You want smart post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Get instant reactions from our Lockdown team hosts, along with prominent reporters like Kevin Gorg for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. No fluff, just 10 minutes of straight analysis after each game. Subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube and never miss a podcast. All right, well, Reggie, I got to tell you, man, maybe you should go out of town a little more often because the <laughs> Twins, listen, the Twins were red hot while you were away. They swept the Oakland A's without the help of Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. Both of those guys look to return any day now. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. Three games up on the Guardians for first place in the Central. To go on a nice little streak like they have with their two best players would be one thing, but Reggie, Mm -hmm. to be missing your foundational players and still have enough depth to find a way to win some games in in Major League Baseball is pretty fun to watch. I know you've been gone a while, so you're welcome to spitball here, get anything off your chest. You've been waiting to say about the Twins play this last (laughs) week, but I'm also curious who you've been most impressed with when it comes to these young depth pieces that have filled in that could have a big role on the team down the stretch.
1: I mean, I'm impressed with them all. You talk about Selly. You talk about uh, Miranda, Royce Lewis coming in to, to play. Like, it's amazing to see that. You know, early on in the season, you got a next man up mentality and it's just working out. Usually, you know, you say next man up and it's just like, okay, you're you're just trying to inspire confidence. Next man up. You know, it doesn't stop. You know, we still got a job to do. And it's just like, okay, yeah, like we get it. But like there is, you know, a significant drop off from a player like Byron Buxton to the next guy from a player like, you know, uh, Carlos Correa to the next guy, even though Royce Lewis is expected to be like a, a pretty big deal one day. And so you you, you look at things like that. And you're just like, wow, like, you know, guys like Polanco playing big, you know, you got the pitching staff doing well. Sonny Gray was great the other day. Um, you got You know, even Rocco, you got guys stepping in for Rocco because he's dealing with COVID. It's just like, goodness gracious, like just all across the board. And I was reading about it uh, a little bit ago. And, you know, so many people expected that there would be maybe some some freak and, and just you know nagging injuries to start the season just because like you had this lockout mm-hmm. and you know guys were probably working outstanding shape and all that stuff but usually you get like a long spring training to kind of like shake the cobwebs out mm-hmm. and and really kind of you know get in a groove and all that and I think that's a lot of what we've seen with some of the struggles from Carlos Correa and you know before the injury he was starting to pick it up a bit but he did not have a spring training with a new team, you know, after being with the Astros for as long as he was. And now, you know, you're trying to, like, get adjusted to a new team, to your your new environment, you know, new ball club, all of that, and, and really try to produce. And, and there's a little bit of pressure because you kind of brought it with you with the championship pedigree that you hold. And so it's just like, well, what's up? Like, what are you going to do? And he did not have that full spring training to do what he de- to do what he you know, is is expected to do and it's tough because then you get this freaking injury just out of nowhere getting hit by the pitch and now you're like dang like derailing some of the progress and some of the momentum that he was starting to build and I, I think it's tough but I mean kudos to the twins man what is it like 14 out of the last 17 yes sir one yep. and I think it's just super impressive to see that you know Byron Buxton goes out, oh that's all that's all good. We'll keep winning. You know Correa goes out, okay. We'll keep winning. You know Paddock, maybe headed to the the injured list with his elbow. Uh, Sonny Gray on the injured list for a while. He comes back, picks right back up, and it's just this next man up mentality they've embraced it, and they've, I mean. It's the, the athletics. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, but they are still a professional baseball exactly. team. So let's not disrespect them in that regard. But, I mean, you you play against the team that you are supposed to beat because this is a, a season in which so many people have leveled uh, high championship expectations on this team and you know they started off all slow and you're just like dang man the bullpen dang man the bats are supposed to be better what's going on and then all of a sudden they're like no 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 we're here it was it was just us you know we we were a little sleepy at first it's all good we're awake now we're doing what we're supposed to be doing now and it's exciting to watch and you just wonder how long that they can sustain something like this, because after a while, you know, the dog days of summer and the grind day in and day out, like you're going to need your guys to be healthy. You're going to need your guys to be consistent, because, like I said, with these championship expectations, you're hoping that guys are are going to be around to do what it is that you expect them to do and the competition gets a little bit more stiff you know now you're going to play the Astros and you guys have the same record as these guys coming into this series and so it's like okay the competition is going to start picking up a little bit you do expect the White Sox to be better they've been I don't know what's going on with them you know the Guardians I'm not sure that you expected the Guardians to be close to the top of the division like they you know with all the pieces that they lost you're like uh i guess you know and so i think you're expecting the competition to heat up a little bit more and what you hope is that the twins can rise to the occasion continually
0: you look at these young but highly talented pieces getting mm-hmm. valuable playing time. I mean, you just cannot put a price on this playing time, getting swings in the box, getting reps out in the field. Royce Lewis, number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Nick Gordon, top five. Alex Kurloff, top 15. Trevor Larnick. I know he's banged up right now, but yeah. uh, went on the field producing top 20 overall pick. I mean, that's a great young nucleus of talent that's just now starting yeah. to grow together all under the age of twenty five. Mm-hmm. Then you add in those core pieces like Buxton and Correa. Man, pretty cool to see develop right before our eyes for sure. Um, and so I think Aban- what's
1: cool too. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just a real quick aside. Yeah. I think what's cool too is I think the the Twins even more than like the Reds. It was funny when the Reds are you know in Cincinnati and they got you know Louisville or whatever, and they can just call the guys up, you know from from. Kentucky to just come and play you know I think that's a luxury for them but what's also interesting is like I think the twins have a great luxury in that they got these guys playing in St. Paul, so like bringing them up to the majors isn't really a big deal because like they're just coming like a few miles down the road to play so like they're already comfortable in their environment because they didn't have to move much and you know maybe there's something to be said about that.
0: I don't know if you saw it, but up on ESPN, they have a stock watch of all 32 MLB teams where working- projected at the beginning of the season to where they are now mm-hmm. for, through the you know almost the first 30 games twins are ranked 15th with a simulation of 82 wins and they're giving them a 37 percent chance of making the playoffs the rank behind the white Sox uh oddly uh, as well who who espn has the 13th best team kind of a fun little piece just to you know compare and contrast a little bit any initial mm-hmm. thoughts or takeaways from espn's newest rankings that agree disagree don't really care yeah
1: um I think it's cool to see, you know, 15th, like, and and this is the thing, to have a great farm system Mm -hmm. is sustained success for Mm -hmm. years and years to come. And what you want to see is, you know, for some of the years that have been kind of dogged, that have been kind of just like, dang, man, like. Are they ever going to win a playoff game again? You know, you you would hope to see, like, if you're ranked 15th like that, that you would have guys that come up that do affect change long term for this Twins team and have a a chance to have sustained success. Like I said, like – that's exciting. If I'm a Twins fan, like I'm excited because I'm like, okay, they're drafting well, they're developing well, and hopefully we get to see a lot of these guys up in the major league level one day making a huge difference, making a big impact on this small market team, you know, being a, a team that can compete for championships year in and year out. Uh, again, I know the
0: the White Sox are still a couple spots ahead of the Twins, but In the rankings, ESPN dropped them seven spots down to 13. Wow. Uh, Twins are up three spots up to 15. And the Guardians aren't far behind. They're at 19. They're up two spots. So just kind of interesting to see nationally where the experts kind of rank this AL Central division. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. Mm -hmm. The time has come, Reggie. You're going to have to knock the rust off here. My favorite segment, (laughs) putting you on the hot seat, covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports called What Does It Mean? Reggie, are you ready to roll? Let's do it. All right. First up, what does it mean with Reggie? The Golden State Warriors? 11 turnovers in the first half, didn't hit a three-pointer until three minutes left before halftime. They went 0 for 16 before that from deep. They were without Steve Kerr, head coach for COVID reasons. Draymond Green was distraught before the game, to say the least, after finding out horrible, tragic story about his former college teammate and friend, Adrian Payne, shot and killed in Orlando just hours prior to the game. Despite all that, they rallied back. They beat the Grizzlies one hundred one ninety eight, take a three one series lead. What does it mean for the confidence of that team and the chemistry? I guess after winning a game like that, that on paper, and I know the Grizz were without John Morant, can't can't overlook that. But I guess on paper, you you really thought uh, they probably had no business winning that game.
1: No. It was funny like watching that game in real time and, and seeing the Grizzlies up three, up four, yeah, up yeah, five, up yeah. six. You're just like, How are they doing this without Ja? And it's just so interesting because one of my friends pointed out that like they've done it without Ja several times this season. Like I think one thing that we saw with the Grizzlies in that series um against the Timberwolves is like they are a very, very balanced team. They have a lot of great pieces on that team that you know maybe they can overcome being without one of one of their superstars, one of like the superstar, you know uh with John Moran. but what's interesting is like they were in control of this game, and the same thing that makes you laugh <laughs> makes you cry because what we saw down the stretch mm-hmm. was that championship pedigree. And it's and everybody has been talking about that, and it's just like, well, this Warriors team is different. Like, in the last two, three years, like, they haven't been the Warriors that we have come to know. But what did they do? They just retooled the same guys, the same core members are in place. Steph, Clay, Draymond. They've added some other pieces, complementary pieces, like Wiggins, Poole. And, and and they're just continuing to roll. And it's just like in those late game moments, all you see from the Warriors are like, dang, they've been here before. They've been here before. They've been here before. They were out without Steve Kerr. But like, guess what? Mike Brown has been a part of that team for a while now. So like even he knows what to do in late game situations because he's been there before with them. And I think that is so interesting. The same thing that makes you laugh, makes you cry. And what happened last night was they were without a guy who could really close it down. Mm -hmm. When the the chips are down, you need a bucket. You can go to John Morant to close the game down and get a bucket and put the team over the top. And we saw it earlier in the series already. They were without job ja, and now they didn't have anybody down the stretch. You know, you got Dylan Brooks trying to do too much. Like, it's like, dude, that, that ain't your game, bro. And he's dribbling the ball off of his foot out of bounds, and you're just like, dang, dude. Like, you know, you ain't job ja. You know, Desmond Bain, he's good at getting his own shot, but, like, even he hasn't been there before either. And so a lot of the criticisms that a lot of people had against the Timberwolves, like, they don't have, like, that closer right at the end to, like, put the game away, you know, they they haven't been there before. They're not experienced enough to to put a team away at the end. That's the same thing that's failing the Grizzlies now. And it's just kind of crazy to see it, you know, in reverse now.
0: I was sitting there before the collapse watching. I'm like, how are they doing this without Ja? Like you said, and I yep, forgot about yep. Steven Adams. Remember, they didn't even play Steven Adams against the T-Wolves after game barbecue one, chicken. and he's on there just – Mash in the boards. I mean, the Grizz dominated the rebound statistic last night. And uh, again, though, I mean, just nobody to close it. I mean, without Jaw, Jaw's your closer. Uh, mm-hmm. Desmond Bain, what? It's his only second year in the league. Steven Adams, he's not that guy. Uh, you're right. Just no closer there without Jaw. They're in serious trouble again, obviously, down 3 1. And mm-hmm. when you get Jaw back, how healthy is he really going to be? Yeah, a, a he was guy limping
1: who, last night.
0: His game is kind of defined by the explosion and an acceleration, mm-hmm. the quick cutting, to not be 100%, man. I mean, if you're a Grizzlies fan, so you got to be awfully worried. All right, next one up. What does it mean? One of the wildest comebacks of the baseball season. I mean, the whole season probably took place last night <laughs> after Josh Naylor hit a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth, two outs, tie the Guardians and the White Sox, all up at eight. Two innings later, Naylor hits another three-run bomb to walk off on the White Sox 11-8. Naylor broke an MLB record with 8-8. Eight RBIs in Good the Lord. eighth inning and Good on. Lord. Helped his team erase a six-run ninth inning deficit. White Sox had two brutal, costly errors in the ninth inning. They <laughs> fell apart. What does it mean when ranking Naylor's single-handed performance, though, versus other comebacks we've seen in the past? I mean, I can't think of any like specific player performances like that, but, man, that's got to rank up their all-time. I know it broke an MLB
1: record. Uh, yeah, thinking back in baseball, like I'm not sure. Yeah, that's tough. You know, uh, uh, Byron Buxton's performance a few weeks ago was awesome. Oh, that was great. You know, yep. to yep. to get them um, that walk off, like that was great. Uh, that's recent memory. Maybe you think yep. about um, uh, Albert Pujols against the, the Ooh, Astros yes. in the in the postseason. That's a good one, like uh or or uh David Freese in the playoffs mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. the and I'm going homer here cuz I'm from St. Louis but Oh, do you, man? David yeah, yeah, Freese yeah. in the in the World Series against the the Rangers. That was a great uh, one. Going on yeah. that tear like mm-hmm. that those are those are performances that I would kind of compare to or maybe if you switch in sports, LeBron against the Celtics when he just goes Ooh. like in a mode and he's just like
0: mm.
1: after every bucket mm. he's just like all business you know because he wasn't trying to go home because the celtics were gonna let him hear about it for a year like you guys tried to challenge us in our big three and our big three is still better than your big three lebron's just like no no no
0: i love no, that no. lebron i'm not going when lebron home. goes that mode it's yeah. my favorite
1: yeah he's yeah. like i'm not going home and so i think uh <laughs> naylor last night said you can't bleep and <laughs> beat me it's just like all right dude calm down calm down bro like it, it's dude. okay like I, and i get it being supercharged up after a performance like that but yeah. also it's just the regular season it, it's right. just one game my guy like it, it's okay calm down but right. I, I love the passion though
0: yeah have you seen the dude though 510 maybe 511 Two hundred and fifty pound. Yeah, he's just a brick a, house, just thick brick. He's like man. the panda. Yeah, the panda, and no batting gloves. Going old school. I mean, Black Guerrero it. style. I, I love, love it. to see it. They uh, got a I,
1: lot of. Uh, uh, they got a couple like little guys with power. When you talk yeah, about Ramirez yeah. too, like, yep. like they're they're raking, man. Like, no, for and, sure, and uh, just Nick- just. Small, but pack a a big punch.
0: Yeah, Naylor was a stud last year, too. I think he was a first-round, maybe top-20 pick a few years ago, but he was uh, on track to have a great season last year. He had a brutal leg injury, so he's coming back Mm. in a big way so far. Obviously, like you said, just a regular season game. Don't get too hyped up. But division rivalry, I mean, (laughs) it's kind of fun to watch the rest of the division kind of beat up on each other. White Sox snap, I think, a six-game winning streak there. And again, just two brutal, costly errors in the ninth inning and blow a six-run deficit. All right, next one up. Minnesota Lynx, they've dropped to 0-2, losing their first two games by double digits. It's a long season, so I don't want to have too much of a knee-jerk reaction. But, Reggie, I know you follow this team very closely. What does this small sample size mean for the Lynx's potential in this kind of fresh, new 2022 season?
1: Man, they gotta pull it together. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they they they're working in some new pieces like Angel, um, getting in, they're they're without Nafisa, you know, like they, they've got some some people that, you know, they they don't have Lacia anymore. Like, I, I think what's interesting is like hearing Sylvia files like, speak last night and so much has been made about this being her last ride and you know this is kind of like a victory lap and wanting to send her out on top with another WNBA championship and like this team has all the talent in place to do what it is that they want to do but last night Sylvia talked about how I, and I ran this on Care 11. their effort has been she called it minimum at yeah. best And they just got to pick it up. And it was funny because, you know, Coach Reeves was like, look, it's hard to win in this league. It's hard to win night in and night out. And it's just kind of crazy to hear a coach like that say that because of all the success that she's had and that the team has had under her tutelage, under her guidance. But it's just like, look, rent is due every day Mm. when you play sports. Like, you got to write the check like there is no gimmies in professional sports because every opponent that you play is is worthy of being there just as you are and what's been interesting to me is coming out and losing these first two games and they really haven't been close man no
0: they're getting tossed man yeah, yeah.
1: and and you're just like man like what's going on like this is not the type of effort that you expect but again, you talk about that championship pedigree. They've got players upon players there who know what it's like to win it all. And before long, you just hope to see those players just kind of galvanize the rest of the team and say, okay, come on, let's go. Let's go. Like, it's time to get it. And I I, I don't worry too much just because, like, they've been there before and, you know, they're just kind of in a slump to start but once you kind of get that first one that first win get a little confidence can watch the film see what worked well then it's like you you can kind of break the dam a little bit and and really kind of get it going so I'm looking forward to them getting you know win number one hopefully that comes tonight and and really kind of just turning things around because as we've seen with the twins it's like look things could turn around quickly even when they look bad and it looked pretty bad with the twins earlier uh this season and so look oh two is not the the best start is not the most ideal one but it's just two games and so what you hope to see is that the links could come out overcome that and really play like the links that we expect them to be this season
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at the ESPN WNBA Power Rankings. Lynx started out ranking 6th. They're now dropped to 10th. I guess my just quick – I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but just quick kind of reaction to that. My question for you, you're my Lynx guy – what were the expectations for the Lynx going in? I don't know. Were they were they pretty high? Obviously, they were ranked sixth, I guess, to start the beginning of the year. Or were they a 500 kind of team? I know they went through a lot of changes during the offseason the last year or two. So what was kind of the expectations going in?
1: Hi. Hi. Okay. We talked to Cheryl Reeve earlier uh, before the season started, and she was just like, look, we built this team to support Sylvia to send her out on top. Mm-hmm. And the the expectations were that they're going to win and they're going to dominate and they are going to win it all. Like that, that's the expectations, but it's just kind of hard to, I think Sylvia was saying like just getting everybody to buy into the way that they do things was something that was kind of taking some work. You know, they needed to gel a little bit more. Maybe, maybe it'll take maybe like a quarter of the season, you know, maybe not that long, you hope maybe not that long, but, you know, take a little bit of the season to kind of just feel their way out, kind of, you know, enjoy playing with, you know, the, you got play like Angel and and Sylvia are like the best of friends. And so there's something to be said about team chemistry. When you have players who've been there before, who know what it, it takes to win in the league, like you, you just hope to see that they can, they can pull it together. But they, they just probably need a little time to gel a little bit before, you know, we really start to see them roll how we expect to see them roll. Because you come into this season and, and you don't want to put too much pressure on it. And I think Sylvia's been kind of deflecting and, you know, kind of getting so much of the attention. And it doesn't help when you got... Things like, you know, becoming the 13th player in, in WNBA history mm. to score 6,000 6, points. yeah. And you're just like, dang, man, yeah. like this season is just going to continue to be about what Sylvia is doing mm. and what she can do. And, you know, the expectation from, you know, Coach Reeve is that. Sylvia can be another uh, MVP candidate. She can be another Defensive Player of the Year candidate in her last year. And there's a lot of pressure there. And I don't think that really gets to Sylvia much. She's just a very, like, chill, like, even kill player. And she's just, you know, she's got that that grit um, and that fight to just do what she has to do out there on the court, you just trust that she's going to do her part. And now you just kind of have to see the complementary players just kind of get in line and do what they can do well so that all of this can work well to get them to, you know, where they're they're cutting down, you know, Nets holding up trophies at the end of the year.
0: I'm just reading off this ESPN Power Rankings, so don't hit me with a copyright or anything. But uh, it says, <laughs> check this out, though. It says, Lynx offensive production is the biggest – Concern as the season begins because they're missing a guard and two forwards. And as you saw in the first two losses, uh, they're only hitting about 34%. Puts a lot of pressure on the Minnesota defense. And the Lynx could take their lumps early on here as they get some of those guys back. And just like you said, get into a rhythm uh, at Indiana tonight, as you mentioned. And then a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather. And then uh, Chicago at home here on Saturday night. All right, last one. What does it mean? Wrapping up, Reggie's back, hitting them with a good one right here. The NFL announced five international games for the 2022 season. Four in Europe, one in Mexico. Outside of the Vikings and Saints, though, let's just put that to the side for now. What does it mean for the most highly touted matchup that international football fans got to be the most excited about. You got the Bucks and Seahawks in Germany, mm-hmm. Jaguars, Broncos at Wembley, Packers, Giants, and then Cardinals and 49ers on Monday Night Football in Mexico City. I mean, which one jumps out there to you?
1: It's the last one for sure. You know, like seeing Kyler Murray, seeing uh, potentially Trey Lance, you know, the, the Niners have stacked themselves to compete every year and the Cardinals are, are going for it, you know, trading – for uh hollywood and mm-hmm. and things like that like i am excited to see that and and usually when you see these nfc west games like they're just like shootouts like they're they're games that are, are must-see television and so like you know i think the last time they were in mexico the nfl was in Mexico uh we had what was it the Chiefs and the Rams that that game was probably one of the best games in in NFL history Mm -hmm. regular season wise like that game was awesome it was just like a shootout and so like they they know how to thrill fans over there (laughs) in Mexico and so I think that game is probably gonna be the most because you look you look at some of these other ones man like the Bucks and Se- the Seahawks are going to be burnt pie this year. Like, yeah, but I, you nobody's get Brady, man. See-
0: I mean, you got to think about it. Germany, you're getting to- you get to see the legend, the goat. He's Tom about to Brady. chop them
1: up. He's about to chop them. Well, the game up. itself,
0: yeah. I mean, I-, I don't think you're right. The matchup, you're right. Yeah. The way where did that Jaguars Broncos matchup? Yeah, but to see Tom Brady, I think for international fans, uh, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity because he's toast Absolutely. after this year. So to go see Tom Brady, I think of all those. That probably is what people are getting the most excited about. But as far as a matchup, you're right. Cardinals and 49ers for sure. Kyler, they get Hollywood Brown, as you mentioned. Will Debo Samuel be in a 49er uniform by the time that game rolls around? We'll We'll see. That's going to be very interesting. But just such a cool concept, though, isn't it? I mean. I know some fans get a little annoyed when they see their team having to travel across the pond and then they get their bye week early and it's mm-hmm. just a, a, a tedious long process to do the whole London game, but just a cool process, I think, for the NFL to broaden the scope of just the fans around the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to see it. It's pretty cool. This will be the Vikings' third game over there. They're 2-0. They beat the Steelers, what, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, and then the Browns a couple of years ago as well. So going to be pretty fun. They play them week four. Uh, reminder, too. The uh, NFL schedule gets released on Thursday, but Monday Night Football, Vikes at Philly, second game of a doubleheader. You got Titans and Bills game one. So we know two of the games so far, two primetime games. We'll see how the rest shakes out here on Thursday when the NFL releases the schedule. All right, Reggie, you did it. You survived the gauntlet back here tomorrow, breaking down the Wild and Blues Game 5 matchup and Twins-Astros Game 1 here at Target Field. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at TV and on CARE11, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
1: Be blessed. Spread love this week. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.